Welcome to episode 96 of the Manage Save Football at Unlock FC Fancast. Very different mood to last week. A win and a really enjoyable performance last night. Absolutely. Uh, I think we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with John O'Connor. Like, and one of the, the questions we asked was, has this team peaked? Uh, he was of the opinion, you know, not yet. Uh, and I think there was a few questions last week, right? There was sort of a sense of, you know, it didn't manage to find the same sort of levels of quality and stuff like that against UCD. And, you know, a few of us might have been thinking to ourselves, hmm, maybe this is, you know, the maximum that we're getting out of this, this team. But I think a really solid, uh, what would you say, response to, to that game. So there was, you know, a few questions to answer. And I think most of the, the team did that, right, where uh, there was four changes. Uh, so uh, Greg Slugger in particular, right, was sort of dropped in the, the holding midfield role, which was somewhere where we thought, you know, that might uh, showcase his talents a little bit more. And he had a, a reasonably good game there. Um, but, you know, uh, I would say a poor first half, right? But there was definitely still questions sort of lingering in people's minds at halftime when we were 1-0 down, particularly the pedestrian pace that the first half was was played at. But I think the second half was a different story, right? We we came out, you know, sort of uh, looking to take the game to bows. I think very importantly, we got an early goal in the second half, right? Which, you know, sort of did away with any sense that they were going to just get 11 men behind the ball and, you know, try and park the bus. And uh, from there, you know, we sort of slowly but surely kind of dismantled them. I think the, the second goal was absolutely outstanding. Like when we were watching it in the game, it was fantastic. When you see it again on the highlights, right, the, the quality from Doyle, from Ward, from Daniel Kelly's run and, you know, the I, I would say the Robbie Benson finish. Maybe that wasn't, you know, the, the sort of the hallmark of quality to the overall move. But, you know, it was um, it was a wonderfully worked team goal. Uh, and I think, you know, deserve three one winners in the end. If anything, like Bookie Means seemed to disintegrate a bit. And uh, we really coasted, I think, to the, the final whistle in the end. So, yeah, I, I think any of those sort of lingering questions from last week put to bed a bit and um, just a, a very comfortable evening in the end. Yeah, really, really comfortable evening. Lovely evening as well. Beautiful weather. Brilliant away support. Like there was a, an awful lot of bulls travel up the road for the game, which is great credit to them. But, um, <clears throat> I suppose expecting them to be a little bit noisier, but I suppose they couldn't be noisier because, like in short, like we we basically you know dominated the game. I think uh, I thought like we were we were really worthy three one winners. The, the first half was quiet and a little bit scrappy as well in terms of like mislaid passes from ourselves. But um, and then their goal their goal was very well worked off the training ground goal, and uh, I thought we could have been a little bit tighter in defence for that. But um, I wouldn't say that they were deserved leaders at that stage. But um, and I was I, I was really not looking forward to uh, promise of a cherry play, um, playing last night. He's he's an incredible footballer, really strong. But uh, he was was quietened like he, he was he was given the hook in the second half because you know our, our defense seemed to handle him quite quite well and it kept Junior under wraps as well. But um, I think yeah, the second half we showed that um, we have re real quality and uh, depth there within the team. You know, just to be able to turn it around. That's what I love about this dog team. You know, we could be playing really, really well, and then we go through a lull and we come back. So, like, last night was a really, really well-worked well 3-1 uh, win. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think that the fans really enjoyed it as well. But just to point out, like, I know, like, from, it's obviously people were kind of shouting and screaming about last week. I still think there's a lot of work to be done on the away trips. Like, if you look at, like, our, our away record, we have five points for sitting. So I think it's third or fourth last in the away. If you look at the away kind of table type thing, and then... You look at the home, the home record, the home record's phenomenal. Like it's only 
couple of points off Shamrock Rovers, so like we're kind of second best at what our home form. So I think the, the away thing, you know, needs to be worked on because I think we're so used to that. During the Kenny era, we always hark back to the Kenny era of of, uh, of our dominance. We were superb on the road. Nobody wanted to meet us in or real. We were probably actually better on the road than we were at home. So I just think that's something that we need to tighten up. Some people might argue the fact that, you know, it's where we are, you know, in terms of third, you take the home and the away. But I don't think so. I think, you know, we're... Our away days just need to be worked on a little bit, a little bit more, because we can see from last night's game that the quality is in the team. I think well deserved three points, and uh, yeah, excellent performance in the second half. Some brilliant goals and uh, great performances. That away day question now is going to be put to the test. We have two consecutive away games in the northwest. We're playing Derry City, which should be a tough challenge. Although Derry have kind of dropped a little bit in form, we still know that the quality is there in that squad to mount a league challenge. We know that well because half of them are our ex-players. Um, and also a trip to Finn Harps, which is always a tough place to go. Home to Pats, which will be a, something of a grudge match. And um, then away to Sligo again. So like, are, are we're going to be on the road for three of the next four games, all of them in the Northwest. And your, your questions about our, our away form and whether there'll be an upturn in it will be answered over the next month, big time. If we can get positive results from them, like once again, as of tonight right now, we don't know what the result in Sligo uh, is going to be between Sligo and Pats. But we're back in that third position, which is a real disappointment having given it up last week. Sort of a bonus to get it back, at least temporarily this week. But that is the one that we've got to stick with because I think it's a lot of people suspected, and we mentioned it ourselves, the top two are sort of in a, in a league of their own. They're vying for, um, for the title. And I think everybody else is vying, short of a big surprise, they're vying for that third place position. So... Between that, I think we saw last night, like I really enjoyed last night. I enjoyed the occasion, the atmosphere, uh, the crowd, the the evening was really pleasant as well. It was everything about that that you could enjoy about a game. I thought the game was played in a decent spirit by both sides. I thought there was, you know, there was the, the referee was also good. I have to say it's so rare it happens. But there was he wasn't falling for much of the play acting. You know, we saw early in the game a few lads were taking very soft tumbles to the ground looking for free kicks, which would be given by other referees. But I thought the referee was sort of let the game flow so we could make a contribution and uh, and made it a better spectacle. But I think all of that being said, great result, great performance. There was in the first half a, a certain lack of quality. And I, I think that was manifested mostly in a way that we've seen throughout the season, whereby we had very good approach play. We got a few passes going out from centre half to full back to the left winger or right winger. And then just when we were on the verge of creating a chance, there would be some misplaced pass or a heavy first touch or an overhit through ball. And often we were breaking down at the exact same point that we usually break down which is when we're trying to pick out that final ball. I think there was half a dozen occasions where we were in really good positions, but somebody just launched in a 50-50, which was handily cleared by a defender or gathered by the goalkeeper. And that seemed characteristic of the first half from our point of view. But I think Bose, you could also see there's a cumulative effect to many of their quality players being lured away. You know, they've produced an awful lot of really good players that are now over in England or they've taken the, the Lewis to Tala. And you can tell that, you know, Bose did manage to replace players that they had lost for year upon year. So I think Keith Long deserves a lot of credit for that. But it seems that this year their quality, 
their ability to control a game has, has dipped a little bit. Because you mentioned Promise and Dawson Devoy, and we all know that they're good players. Chris Fardak can be a very good player as well. We know Jordan Flores as well, what he's capable of. But it seemed overall that they didn't really offer all that much. I mean, when they had an opportunity to to really kind of get ahead in the game after taking that lead, which was well worked, but I think we were we were very much asleep to that corner routine. And you've got Dundalk players like sort of, you know, not aware of what's going on, turning their back on, on the ball in the box. It was it was a sloppy goal. It was a really disappointing goal uh, for us to concede. Given that we had begun the game, I think the first four minutes we began at a blistering pace. We created two or three chances from set pieces and it looked like we were really going to take the game to them and then to get rocked back. Both then had an opportunity to really stamp their authority of the game, maybe maintain possession for a bit, try and craft a few more chances. But they didn't seem capable of taking control of the game. And then, as you say, the second half was a totally different story. The game transformed very early with that Patrick Huben strike. Um, once again, always reliable. But at the heart of that, you know, we had the, a really good assist from Robbie Benson where he runs directly at defence. He draws about four or five defenders to him and then lays it off for Pat to get a side of goal. Robbie's also at the end of the, the move that everybody is talking about. It's almost gone viral on social media. The second goal, which begins with our own kick out, uh, Huben once again getting on the ball, showing his strength, showing his skill, bringing Doyle and Ward into the game, who I think were, you know, really made an impact. Because I think as much as the first half lacked that incisive element uh, from midfield. You know, I think everybody, once again, was trying their best. They were doing their role. They were having individual moments, but we weren't really, we weren't really being very incisive. We weren't moving the ball effectively into dangerous positions in the final third. And I think Keith Ward in particular really added to that. And he's at the heart of that, um, he's at the heart of that second goal. And then, of course, when you get one like the, the, the third one, uh, Kieran Kelly had kind of put bows ahead. And I think he's the one that gets the massive deflection to the Paul Doyle shot, which gave us, for the first time that I can remember, a rather comfortable final 10 minutes in a home game. Yeah, I, I think there's, well, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I would say, first of all, in terms of the Dundalk performance, right, there's a sort of old Arsene Wenger phrase, you know, where he used to say that the, the team was playing with the handbrake on. And I think that was the kind of thing that we saw in the first half, right? We really struggled to, as you say, be incisive, uh, with our passing and, you know, sort of get in behind bows at all. Uh, there were a couple of chances, like Robbie Benson had a, a good effort that was tipped onto the bar by Talbot, and uh, there was a, a couple of other shots here and there. But, you know, by and large, I think we saw that same inaccuracy with the passing that we've seen, you know, so frequently over the course of the season, right, where people misplacing passes from, you know, five or ten yards that you'd think should be relatively comfortable for for players of this quality. And there was more evidence of that last night again. Like I think Mark Conley sort of kicked one out, you know, over the, the sideline when it was a relatively straightforward pass. And I think maybe Robbie Benson, probably guilty of uh, of one of those as well, where he had the chance to play in Daryl Leahy and, you know, sort of kicked the ball 20 yards ahead of him when it was a, a relatively straightforward you know, sort of ball to play him in. And overall, the first half was just played at a really pedestrian pace. Now, I think one of the strange things was, you know, we... we can you give a good summary there, I suppose, of the, the concession of the first goal, right, which was very strange because the ball was also played in from the corner and not fired into the box, but, you know, sort of tamely sort of passed across it. And yet no Dundalk player was attacking the ball at the near post, right? There was, uh, 
there was nobody following up like to try and get in the second ball either and uh, and it ended up in the back of the net but from there Bose instead of like kicking on really surrendered possession entirely to us and I think the Dundalk back five in particular had more of the ball I think than the entire Bohemians team in the, the first half right so particularly Mark Conley just seemed to perpetually you know sort of be standing there looking for some kind of movement ahead of him and it was a bit difficult to find and I think maybe this is the the biggest difference we're seeing between Greg Sloggett at holding midfield and Paul Doyle because I think when Doyle came on, there was much more sort of uh, his ability to get on the ball and pass it around a bit was, I think, a, a level above, right? That really seemed to sort of free up the, the ability for the likes of Conley and stuff like that to get the ball into midfield and sort of get it further forward rather than in the first half where it was like going sideways or backways, you know, sort of over and over again. And uh, I, I think that was sort of the Paul Doyle effect. Now, it, to some degree as well, I think once we got a goal back and, uh, and leveled it up, right, Bohemians came out a little bit more as well. But uh, generally, I, I think like I would be very disappointed with Bohemians, right, from a leading position, right, they really conceded three goals without any answer, right, didn't have any spells of possession themselves or really play any attacking football, right. So uh, I think you could see that they were definitely sort of lacking that sort of quality and leadership. And, you know, I think a lot of Bulls fans will be missing the likes of Keith Buckley in midfield, uh, who I suppose would have provided that sort of, you know, bite and you know sort of getting the ball back and, and moving it again afterwards so there wasn't really much of that on show from from them last night uh as you said the the changes for the dog made a big difference right so i think both doyle and ward right were heavily involved in you know all of the goals after that uh robbie benson i think did wonders for the the first hooping goal as well where he was you know trying to dribble forward with a ball that was bouncing all over the place right it looked like he was gonna sort of fail to control it you know five or six times but he managed to, you know, sort of keep it and then lay it off to Huben, uh, who, who got us that, you know, all important goal back. Um, and then the third goal, I, I think, as you said, right, was one of those where it was a, an optimistic shot, but, you know, to end up in the back of the net, I think, was um, was probably the best possible result from that one. And, you know, from there on, it was it was very comfortable. And I think finally, like the, the item that you started with was the, the referee's performance, right? I think in the past few weeks, we've been very quick and i would say justified in criticizing some of the referees performances but the referee last night was excellent right he let the game flow any of those you know sort of incidents where people would you know just sort of uh i don't know stand a little bit too close to each other and somebody would you know sort of hit the deck uh, and you know most of their nights you would get you know free kicks called and stuff like that and complaints that these were you know very soft fouls uh, none of that last night uh, which I think was a surprise to some of the players throughout the game, right? There was uh, players, I think, on both sides uh, who spent a lot of time, you know, sort of hitting the deck, expecting to get a free kick for, you know, somebody who was, you know, maybe just standing a little bit too close to them. Nothing given by the referee, right? Um, he really sort of kept it moving. And it was only the sort of more egregious fouls, like Greg Sluggett's rugby tackle on Omachera at one stage that uh, ended up drawing a yellow card and, uh, and that kind of thing. And I suppose where we talked about what Paul Doyle gives you in the, the sort of holding midfield thing. Uh, I think maybe what Greg Sluggett gives you by comparison is just that, you know, sort of physicality there and his ability to sort of track back and, uh, and get on top of people. And I thought he was, he was excellent uh, at that part of the game because as uh, Damien said earlier on, like he was really worried about Promise Omachera, right? Who's having a very good season so far, big, strong, quick uh, up against Lewis Macari, who's, you know, maybe not the biggest himself, and I think himself and Greg Sluggett, I think, combined really well and probably Sam Bone, you know, uh, in between them two uh, to keep Omachera and, uh, and in particular Junior very quiet, right? Not a sniff the entire night, uh, very quiet night from them. 
And so I think that's really a testament to, to their performance, right? So even though I would say like Paul Doyle brought that, you know, sort of movement and the ability to, to get the ball forward, right? I think Slaggett also, you know, sort of contributed effectively to, you know, just keeping those other people quiet. Um, the only, uh, I would say, you know, criticism of Dundalk at the moment, like I say, is that sort of playing with the handbrake a little bit. And there were numerous points, even after we, we got ahead in the match, where we would get the ball forward or, you know, get on a break and stuff like that. And the, the game really opened up and people just seemed reluctant to, you know, sort of surge forward, right, to, to go on the overlap and try and get in behind. And there was one really noticeable point where I think Keith Ward, you know, sort of broke forward and got to the halfway line and Paul Doyle went outside him. And as soon as Paul Doyle got level with him, he just stopped, right? And instead of getting ahead of the ball, you know, and sort of screaming for a, a through ball or something like that, you know, just decided, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be playing defensive midfield and I'm not meant to be this far forward. And I think that kind of thing is is evident a little bit, you know, from the likes of Doyle and uh, I think Lewis McCarry a little bit, you know, as well. There's just these opportunities sometimes to, to really get forward and in behind. And they just seem a bit reluctant to take that. They don't have that confidence, you know, to, to sort of go through with it. And uh, they're worried about getting, you know, caught out uh, in behind. And so I still think there's a little bit more to, to come from the team, right? I think not just in terms of getting that, you know, passing and that accuracy a little bit better, but also I think in that psychology, right? That if we can be a little bit more adventurous in those positions, I, I think there's much more to come to. We were speculating before they started the game as to whether um, our, one of our ex-players who didn't have a particularly good time when he was with the club junior, uh, remember, former Golden Boot winner in the league, whether or not he might cause us trouble or have an opportunity, because there would have been a big incentive, you'd imagine. He had come to the club, we had been shoved out on the right wing, in and out of the team, only scored one or two goals. But yet, you know, he has been good in the past with Derry and Sligo, and more of a centre forward and there was a theory that perhaps if he had been played at centre forward at Dundalk he would have done better rather than being played out of position but he didn't really cause as much trouble last night now was that perhaps because of Conley's return I think Conley had a particularly good game probably provided a lot of the qualities that we were missing in UCD as regards leadership but not only that uh, he's not a player who merely makes his presence known. I mean, it was comical at one point. You know, you could hear him. You could hear him claiming the ball for for aerial duels right across the ground from like one end from the town end to the Carrick Road end, um, and you could hear it over the crowd of the two thousand seven hundred people who were there. So very dominant in the air. But as well as that, no no bad player on the ground. There was moments when he got kind of into duels one on one, and he was the last defender, and he managed to sort of beat the pressing centre forward and set up uh, at times pretty decent counter-attacks, but a real a real big influence on the performance. Um, so I suppose the question is, him and Bone were playing together for the first time, I think, as a combination at the back. Once again, I think Sam Bones probably deserves credit as well because that defence, well, apart from the slip for the, for the set-piece goal, was pretty solid all night and dealt with... Uh, a variety of threats from Bohemians, very creative midfielders, fast wingers, but also keeping Junior very, very quiet. Was that a sign that Junior is yet to really find his form again, or were our defence just really on their game? I think our defence last night were, um, was definitely on, on its game. It was great to see, you know, a different pairing at the back as well. I suppose when Sam Bone came to us, we pointed this out in the, on the podcast before, like a lot of Pat's supporters said, oh, no loss, inconsistent. And 
if anything, I have, his versatility has, to me, has superseded any inconsistencies that he's had. I thought he was brilliant last night in his defensive play. What really struck me, I was going to point him out for this anyway um, on the cast today, was the, 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 the way he was able to pick out a pass right through the midfield to, to, um, to Pat Hoobin on numerous, of, numerous occasions. And not, not having us go out, out through the wings, but actually go right through the centre. And I thought he was absolutely amazing at that last night. Very, very solid in the back. And I think that between himself and, and, and Mark Hanley, they kept uh, uh, junior, junior quiet. I mean, when we seen Junior at, 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 at Oriel, you know, some people said, oh, you know, Junior isn't brilliant and he's this and he's that. And it was pointed out he, he was being played completely out of position. Um, so I, I think that Junior has more. And I think if you give him a sniff of goal, he's going to put it in the back of the net. It's as simple as that. I think he was kept quiet last night by our by our defence. I think we are yet again solid in defence again, even though we hadn't got our two regular um, centre halves. So yet again, Sam Bone has come into the, the team playing and yet again, another different position. And he's just been immense. So a couple of wayward passes and a couple of, but not, not nothing, you know, nothing that you'd worry about, especially for, um, for a player who's just coming into that position. Um, he doesn't play it there all the time. So, yeah, I, I like to see Sam Bone in the team because I think that he's a, he's a really, really good player. Well, I, I guess he wasn't helped by the referee. You're not given any self fouls, right? Uh, mm. So I guess for somebody a little bit gravitationally challenged, right, I think that maybe, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't the ideal circumstances for him. But uh, I, I agree with Damien, right? Um, I think he was kept very quiet by Mark Conley and Sam Bone, right, and, uh, and didn't really have a sniff. So... Uh, hard to tell whether it was just you know a, a poor performance from him or an excellent performance from the defenders, but you know either way, um, not much uh, for for him to write home about. Yeah, well, we navigated Friday the thirteenth with you know coming out on top. Tougher challenge next week when we're away to Derry. That's going to be among the toughest fixtures you'll have in the league. But you know some hope there with Derry probably you know apparently played very well against Shamrock Rovers, but getting over the disappointment of that defeat. So, you know, once again, we, we move forward to the Brandy well and we'll see what we can get from that. But before we do so, uh, we'll turn to Twitter. Shane McGurk says, that was the best we played all season in the second half. They were outstanding. Sloggett was man of the match, but Keith Ward turned the game. Sloggett, Ward, Kelly, Hoban, Adams, Connolly. I could say the whole team, brilliant. Need to produce this away from home, though. Eddie Finnegan says, Mark Connolly keeps standing out for me. Head on everything and a true leader. M. O'Neill comes in to say, Kelly played well, but needs to dive into the box more. I don't know whether that is ironic or, or, or not. Uh, couldn't condone that sort of carry on. Uh, Ward, Doyle and Hoban superb. Connolly man of the match again, though. Worrying rumours of him leaving during the summer. Should be our number one priority signing. Yeah, I think we would really miss Mark Connolly if that was true. So hopefully something can be sorted out there. Mark Harland comes in to say, Greg Sloggett was man of the match. For his second half performance, Sam Bone also put in a shift. Unpleasant to see traveling fans throwing empty bottles of beard oil after our second, especially after DFC provided complimentary unicycling parking for them. A little bit of satire there on Twitter, who'd have thought it? Aidan Gonley says, um, Mark Conley was man of the match this year. He was brilliant in the air and he brings the best out of our players around him. His experience is vital to this Dundalk team. Uh, we should be doing everything to hold on to this man. Kevin Mullins says, Pat Hoban, exceptional as always. Skip got the substitution spot on tonight. We didn't press the panic button and stuck to the game plan. Truth be told, we dominated proceedings from start to finish, apart from falling asleep for the corner to gift them a goal. It's a great win. Simon Canning says, Todd Connolly was incredible. Promise hardly got a sniff of the ball. He was on fire, but good solid all-round team performance. Jason McKeown comes in to say... 
I think tonight drives home the fact that our home form will dictate how we finish. We, cl- we are clearly a second-half team, and that's usually an indicator of a good team. I thought Hoban and Benson played particularly well tonight. Paul says Connolly is a class act, tough as nails and can play a ball. Adrian Taft says Greg Sloggett was man of the match for me. Didn't hear who got it in the stadium. Nice to see Daniel Kelly continue to grow in confidence also. Uh, Oshin Langan says uh, Patrick Hoban was a deserved man of the match. Kieran Lennon says Paul Doyle played a very clever pass to Wardy before he played Kelly Chu. Doyle becoming a very good player lately. As mentioned before, all signings have done well. Let's get contracts sorted out. Finton Kieran says, can we play all our games at home? Ward is a wizard, just needs to get a run of results together now. Elaine Sweeney says, Ward brings a whole new energy when he comes on. And Finton Kieran follows up to say, yeah, Wardy gives the opponent something else to think about. So it's funny in the comments, there is like four or five different names coming up for man of the match alone. So it's sign that something went well uh, the other night. Yeah, it's hard to argue with any of that, right? I, I think... There were several different contenders for Man of the Match. I think the, the German salami folks uh, give it to Patrick Huben. Uh, there was on the, the town end last night, I think they gave it to Greg Sluggett. Uh, personally, I probably would have gone for Mark Conley, right, who I think was excellent. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, right, I think a number of different people to, to choose from. And I think perhaps had Paul Doyle played the whole match, right, I think the influence he had on the second half was you know, certainly worthy of, uh, of merit too. Um, probably the, the biggest thing I, I suppose called out, I guess, both there and uh, by James Rogers, who was on the 10 end last night, was uh, just the contract situation. So I wasn't aware that uh, Mark Connolly still had a year left on his uh, his deal at Dundee. And so it's not just a straightforward sort of out of contract situation. I think there was some rumor as well that maybe a club up north uh, is making him some kind of offer to. And I think of all the people that we have on loan at the moment, I think he is the one who has really cemented his place in the first team. Right. There's a couple of others who I think are in and out a little bit and have you know played most games. But I think Connolly is pretty close to one of the first names on the team sheet right now. And you would be hoping, uh, I think, most of all, that uh, if we're going to get any of those loan deals turned permanent, uh, that he is the one that uh, I think we, uh, we make the offer to. So hopefully uh, he will be inclined to, to sign at the same time as well. And I think if we're going to sort of offer anything, right, there's... Uh, a sign that he's obviously, like I say, one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. The team are playing well. That's in comparison to his time at Dundee and, you know, sort of going out on loan where he's been sort of in and out of teams. I think this is a real chance for him to show, you know, a, a run of games and, you know, play some football and be a, a leader in the team, right? So uh, hopefully I think that is a good selling point for him and uh, we get him signed on the dotted line. One of the reassuring things is that, you know, it's it's always a moment of anxiety when you suspect that a player you want to keep might be, you know, out there in the market. But sure, that's just the way it is. But as opposed to the last few transfer windows where there was very little reason for good players to want to stay at O'Reilly Park because the atmosphere had become so toxic and there was so much uncertainty and madness, um, you would think that Mark Conley has enjoyed his time at Dundalk so far, that the atmosphere is good in the dressing room, that you can have confidence in the leadership on and off the field. And hopefully if a kind of reasonable offer is is put on the table for him, he'll see every reason to say it because it seems to be going well from here. It's not as if he's been struggling for game time or he's been out of favour or, you know, struggling to settle. I think he's, he's kind of glad to be close to home. He's in the team. He's a fan favourite already. He's getting plenty of game time. So hopefully that makes a strong case for whatever deal that the guys can table 
um, to be acceptable because it would be great to see him um, maintained in the squad, not just for the remainder of the season, but for hopefully a couple of seasons to come. I think he has become a, a crucial player. On an otherwise perfect night, the one dark cloud over Oriel was we had the double whammy of our cuisine being called into question. Now, I don't usually I don't usually eat when I'm at a football game, so I, the pleasures of Sing Lee are, are relatively unknown to me. But uh, it, we've had two hammer blows. Ainsley Herriot himself disparaged um, our, our curry chip. And uh, also we had we had cheese slice gate where, you know, uh, uh, sneaky Bohemians fans seem to bring along two easy singles, put them in a bag of chips and claim that is how we serve cheesy chips in Oriel Park. Uh, and this has gone on Furry Spran and gone viral. Our reputation lies in ruins. So both didn't leave totally empty handed. You know, they, they may have left with no points, but they do go home with, with eight easy single slices left over. Guys, can you can you cope with that trauma? Did we did we really get done there? Like as well as checking away fans for flares, do we need to now check them for easy singles? I think how dare they criticize the Oriel match day experience, right? Uh, well, I, I suppose you can legitimately criticize Oriel from time to time, but like certainly not the same league. Uh, I guess uh, towering giant of local cuisine, right? That's that's bang out of order. Uh, at the same time, I think like a lot of people took it a bit too seriously, right? Piled in on the thread saying like, how dare you, this is all lies. But uh, it was a bit of crack, right? But um, yeah, won't be losing any sleep over it just yet. Uh, but I do look forward to seeing these response, how they're going to come back against this. Like, because I think they have a fairly solid social media crew. So like, hopefully they are ready to hit back with, uh, I don't know, uh, free chips for the rest of us. Yeah, I think they should invite Ainsley down. You know, and get him behind the counter, and and uh, you know, I think there's 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 pride at stake here. There's reputations to be restored. So I think this this slander and fabrication, I don't know, like could be laughed off, but I think we should take it more seriously than that. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll be consoled personally with the three points and and moving back into the European qualification position. But you never know. Very ingenious of both. So I suppose you have to hand them kudos for that one. Anyway, um, if that's all we have to worry about, it's been a good week. Anyway, it's on to Derry next Friday. And uh, fingers crossed our good form continues. I'd like to thank our contributors for today, Martin Mullen and Damien Kenny. Thanks to everybody who listened in. And thanks also to all of your contributions on Twitter. And we'll be back after the Derry game.